Welcome to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast, where we provide education and resources for family matters in Polk, Highlands, and Hardy counties. We're so glad that you've joined us. So now, let's talk about it. Hi, and welcome to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast. I am Natalia Clemens, the Community Engagement Specialist, and I am here with Sandy Denmark. She is the Dependency Trainer for Children's Home Society here. Welcome, Sandy. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, Sandy, we all know that you have uh, you've had a, worn a ton of different hats um, within child welfare. Can you tell me a little bit about the positions you've had in the past? Sure, absolutely. I have been in child welfare for 20 years. I started as an investigator, so I have been on that end of the realm where I've investigated cases mm-hmm. and had to remove children from parents, um, and then shifted and went to work with some of our service providers for a little bit. And then after doing that, really felt like my soul was back in case management. Um, so came back and started with case management, did case regular case management for a couple years, became a supervisor, specialized in independent living with teens up to the age of 23, which is definitely a challenge. Wow. Um, I did that for about 13 years and then switched over to Children's Home Society to be the trainer there but also was the family team conference facilitator and now back to just doing trainer. Okay, so just a little bit of everything. Just a little bit of it all. (laughs) Gotta try it all. I love it. (laughs) So another thing that most people in our system of care know about Sandy is that she is just a breath of fresh air, a joy to be around. Um, you know, in in something that can be difficult, can be stressful and challenging at times. Um, Sandy, how do you do it? I stay very positive. Our job is super stressful. Um, mm-hmm. Challenges every day. It, it's not an easy job. Mm-mm. You know, we see lots of crises and lots of ups and downs, but you get back what you put in. Yeah. And you have to stay positive. And our families need to see a positive side of this. Mm-hmm. You know, we meet families at their darkest moment. Yeah. You know, they've just lost their kids. So the last thing they want to see is somebody who's stressed out and overworked and not really invested in them. Right. So for me, the most important part is it starts with your attitude yeah. and how you are with the family and how you deal with them. Right. So staying positive for them and getting them to see that it's not the end. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit of a journey. Yeah. And we're going to go on it with them. Okay. <laughs> so with that positivity in your personal life, where does where do you get that from? Where does that come from? What do you enjoy? I enjoy baking, mm. um, which is passed down from my mom. So I started doing that with her. And when I get stressed out, I tend to bake. So you bake a lot. I bake a lot. <laughs> um, my unit's super happy. That's what I do when I'm stressed. They enjoy the spoils of that. Um, I also read a lot of books. I have a 13-year-old. So I spend a lot of time with him, golf, and all his activities. Um, And I enjoy going to the beach and just, you know, sitting watching the waves, enjoying the quiet. I love that. (laughs) I love that. So the reason why we wanted to chat with you, Sandy, is you have such a background and experience when it comes to families and reunification. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. So what does reunification mean and what is the process? So reunification means that a child has been removed from his or her family. 
Um, could be mom and dad, could be mom and stepdad, could be dad and stepmom, whatever the core family makeup is at that time. Um, there was a safety concern and investigations felt that the child could not remain with their family. So once that happens, the case then gets transferred to case management and we meet with the family, identify the service needs with the family that they feel they need help on. Um, we do have the department's input on what their service suggestions are, mm -hmm. um, but we really, we meet with that family too because a lot of times the family will tell you what they need mm. in addition to what the department might see. Um, so we provide those services to them and we work to reunify those kids quickly. Yeah. You know, we don't want them to be in out-of-home care any longer than they have to be. So that's, that's our process at this point is once that family gets involved and we can wrap around services and have a lot of outside supports helping this family, we want to put those kids back in home with them. Gotcha. How long does it usually take for a reunification? So in the past, it has taken up to a year. Wow. We've had a lot of changes in child welfare over the last probably five years. Um, we have what's now called the conditions of return, which is working with our families early on, as early as shelter, to get them involved with services and working with their supports mm -hmm. so we can create that in-home safety plan so we can get these kiddos back home quicker. So instead of it being a year, we're looking at 90 days okay. or six months. You know, yeah. it, it depends on the parents and where their engagement is. Right. But if they get engaged early, yeah, we're getting families reunited as early as 90 days. And what are these conditions of return? So the conditions of return are that the parents have to engage with us. They have to cooperate. You know, they, they jump in right away, they start services. Um, if drug screening is part of it, they're doing their drug screens, they're testing negative, they're coming to court, they're doing their visits. They're just being active participants with us. Um, they have a home that is safe, that we can go in and evaluate and see that it's calm and consistent. They don't have people coming in and out. Um, they're not having a lot of law enforcement calls or things like that that are going mm -hmm. in the home. And that we have services that can safely go into this home and work with the family. And then the family helps us create an in-home safety plan. Okay. And that usually requires um, those external supports, maybe the grandparents, maybe friends, church members, that will come in and support these parents so we can put these kids back in the home. So we really get everybody involved now to help us put kids back together, put families back together, and mm -hmm. have a whole support system. circle of support yeah. for this family. Yeah, so what do you see as some of the, as as you've worked with families, what are some of the largest challenges, the greatest barriers that you see to reunification time and time again? Right now, time and time again is housing. Mm. Um, there is just so, there's such a need for housing in our community. And right now, you know, rent is, is really high and there's just not a lot of housing options out there for our families. So we are looking at, you know, families that are living in hotels, mm -hmm. which previously we would have never looked at that 
because that's not usually stable. That's meant to be temporary and short term. But where we're at today, that's an option that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we have a lot of families that are moving in with family members. And again, then you have that in-home safety monitor who's helping. Um, but really and truly, our families don't want that. They want to be independent. They want to be on their own. And there's just not a whole lot of housing options out there. So for me, what I've seen over the years, that is one of our biggest challenges. Gotcha. So as a community, it sounds like definitely having conversations about housing mm -hmm. options to, mm -hmm. to support our families. What other ways can our community um, or services and organizations talk about how do we encourage and promote reunifications? What are some other ways that we can support our families? You know, I think a lot of our service providers are really, they're on board with this. So a lot of our services, is, services in our churches are now playing more active roles with us. If they know we're involved, they are willing to help. Um, I can think of one church that a family has identified that once I called him, he was like, I got you. Like, we've got, they're active, we know these kids, we know this mom. We have a circle of people who will help so you can bring those kids home. And we had somebody going to check on her and the kids every single day. And that was from her church. Wow. So I think that as we're getting more known, mm -hmm. you know, our community is stepping up. And they're showing that they're willing to help. They just need to know. Yeah. There, there's definitely that stigma mm -hmm. to it. Can you speak to that, that stigma of families when a child is removed? Um, people don't want to talk about it. You know, anybody can be in a bad spot. Doesn't make them a bad parent. Doesn't make them a bad person. They're just in the moment of crisis and they need help in that moment. And maybe their child can't safely remain with them in that moment. But with a little bit of help, maybe it's housing, maybe it is substance abuse. Um, there's a slew of different things it could be, but when, when somebody hears their child was removed, that stigma is they're a bad parent, mm -hmm. they're violent. I don't want anything to do with that. Um, it's overcoming that too. You know, getting people communities to understand it's a moment in time and we're trying to help them through this moment in time. Yeah. So in June, it's reunification month that we bring awareness and we celebrate it. So when we're celebrating reunification, what are what are we celebrating? We are celebrating the fact that that family overcame that crisis, that moment in time. Yeah. They worked through it. You know, we got that safety plan, we got those services and that family was able to be reunited. And I know for some of our families, they've already closed. They've done their portion with us and they're good. The court has closed their case, but they're still active with us in other ways. Wow, okay, so you've had families reunify and want to support other families? Yes, absolutely. Um, Children's Home Society has a monthly parent support group called Parents as Partners. It was originally started for parents who are close to reunification um, to support them and foster parents, I believe, were involved at that time to try and bridge that gap. It has since kind of evolved to being more of a full parent support group, not just for parents close to reunification. It's now for any parent that oh. wants to attend. Um, 
they get support from other parents that have been in the same situation. They feel more comfortable to ask questions. Right. You know, it's not, I'm going to ask my case manager and my case manager is going to think badly of me or judge me. They can ask other parents and get the answers they need. So it's no longer just for that reunified parent. It's for the one who just had a shelter or who's working through services or who has been reunified. And we do have a group of parents that their case is already closed, but they continue to come because they like being part of the group and being able to provide that support. I love that you also mentioned about foster parents. So mm -hmm. what's the unique relationship there that foster parents are also involved in this? We have a lot of foster parents that are really, really into co-parenting. They support that. They partner with these parents early on. Um, you know, they do visits for the parents, not us. That way the kids can see both the foster parent and the parent together and that they get along so they don't feel torn in that relationship. Um, they let them know when doctor's appointments are so parents can be part of that. And it just, it bridges that gap mm -hmm. and makes the parents feel more comfortable knowing their kids are safe and who their kids are with. Right. And kind of knocks down that wall with the foster parent of these parents are bad people. Right. You know, they're dangerous. And I'm not going to say that there aren't situations that are that. Of course there are. But when there's not that, it allows them to form some type of communication. So yeah. once these kids go home, hopefully they can continue to be a support to the family and to these kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you have, um, I'm sure you do, uh, an, a story of a successful reunification? It, so many stories over the years. That's really good to hear. That's really good so to hear. So many stories. And every family is unique. But I do think of one specifically that the mom just, it was a shelter, I want to say last March. And she engaged very early on. Okay. You know, she recognized there was a safety concern. She understood why her children were removed, but was really on board with, tell me what I need to do and I will do it. I want my children to come home. Um, her children were with family that lived close to her, so she was able to see them every single day. Okay. Um, you know, we got her hooked up to services very quickly. She did what she needed to do. Her caregivers that, for her children were part of her in-home safety plan, and we were able to send those children home within 90 days. Oh, wow. And then we're able to close six months later with no issues. So she just, she was a huge success, remained positive throughout it, but did acknowledge she understood why her children had to be removed. She understood what happened, what caused it, and wanted to rectify it and learn and overcome it quickly. So she is part of my parent support group now, comes regularly, even though her case is closed, and tries to be a positive support for other parents. That's amazing. So Children's Home Society, um, I hear that they, you guys are really trying to encourage your families, your parents to be really involved in the mentorship of other parents. So yes. can you tell me how that, how that functions and works? We have, which was recently approved, um, are going to have a new peer support person who will go along with the parents as partners um, support group. So. The hope is we are going to have a parent 
that will apply for this position and be able to be part of this group and work more one-on-one, -on -one. so not just once a month during the support group, but we'll be able to maintain contact with the parents weekly or you know as often as that parent might need. She will provide a phone number for them. She'll be available if they just wanna talk, if they have questions, if a crisis comes up they can reach out to this parent and again not feel like oh if i call my case manager she's going to be upset she's going to think i can't do this she's going to think badly of me it's an alternative for them mm -hmm. that they can reach out to this parent support person who will also have linkage to community providers if needed or who can just be an ear to talk to them i love that that's exciting we're very excited about it it's great so what is your hope for the future of reunifications? I think right now we're going in the right direction. So, you know, trying to reunify families quicker, my hope is that that continues and that we have shorter length of time for kids being away from their families. You know, that we can help get these families engaged quicker and get homes, children home quicker. Got it. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for coming to chat with us. I really appreciate you and appreciate all that you do um, for our families. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast. There is a great need for foster families who are willing to open their hearts and homes to teens, sibling groups, and children with special needs. To learn more, check out the description for resources or visit heartlandforchildren.org.
Thank you for listening to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast. There is a great need for foster families who are willing to open their hearts and homes to teens, sibling groups, and children with special needs. To learn more, check out the description for resources or visit heartlandforchildren.org.